What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 101, and it's a special occasion. It's a commemorative episode because, guys, this is our first ever recording after us hitting our 1,000 subscriber threshold over there on YouTube, so we have finally hit 1K subscribers. I couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate every last single one of you guys, and guess what? On the road to 2K. Then on the road to 5K, then on the way to 10K, because guess what? I need my plaque from YouTube. I need to hang my plaque over there on the wall. I need me a couple plaques from YouTube. They owe up. And guess what? I can't do it without you guys. But guess what? Since we hit that 1,000 subscriber mark, you know what that means. All my day one Bleeding B&G fans and all my recent followers, you guys know exactly what that means. Since we hit that 1K subscriber threshold, I will be sending one of my lucky subscribers over to a Washington Commander game, one of the few games they have left. So guess what, guys? You got your pick of the litter. Is it the New York Giants? Is it the San Francisco 49ers? Is it the Dallas Cowboys? Is it the Miami Dolphins? So you got some heavy hitters to choose from. But guess what? I'm going to announce how you're going to be able to sign up, or not sign up, excuse me, how you're going to be able to, one of my subscribers are going to be able to potentially win um, those tickets to that game at the end of this video. So make sure you stick out, stick around, stick to the end of this video. So maybe you'll be that lucky subscriber that wins that ticket. And you over there in them good seats. You over there in my season ticket seats. So you know you're in a low bowl, section 139. You're going to get some amazing seats. And hopefully you have a good time on our behalf, on our dime over here at Bleeding BNG. So stick out, stick it out. Um, wait till the end of the video to hear how you can potentially be that lucky winner. But as I mentioned, this is episode 101 of the Bleeding BNG podcast. And to give you a timestamp, as I do for every episode, today is Sunday, November the 5th, and it's about 11.30 p.m. And the Washington Commanders are about seven hours removed from defeating the New England Patriots. 20 to 17. That's an old school. That sounds like a 2007 Redskins score, doesn't it? Well, not 2007 against the Patriots, because we know what that happens. But that sounds like an old school football Washington Redskins, old school 2000s football score so the game was rather uneventful but we're going to title this episode the franchise question mark we're going to title this episode the franchise question mark and the reason why is because with sam howe continuing to build on these games and continuing to string together good games he's looking more and more like the long-term answer here in washington guys that was my biggest takeaway from this game this is a guy that went 29 for 45 uh passing attempts, 325 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and he took three sacks. And you know you got to mention the sack total in the Sam Howell stat line. We're just That's just how it is. That's just the way the season is gone. And guess what? Three sacks? Who wouldn't take three sacks knowing how the Washington Commander season is going? Being a Washington Commander fan, at this point, if you go into a Sunday and they telling you that you're going to take three sacks, hey, at this point, you're like, shit, I'll take it. You're like, shit, I'll take it. And you know you come over there for Bleeding BNG for the most raw, uncut, and unfiltered analysis. So let's give it to you. Sam Howell fucking balled today. Sam Howell fucking balled today. I read off the stat line. He is one of only two quarterbacks to throw for over 300 yards against the vaunted New England Patriots defense this year. Him and Tua uh, Tugavaloa being the other one. And Tua Tugavaloa only did it in one of his two games against the New England Patriots. These guys faced the likes of Josh Allen, who couldn't do it. But Sam Howell did. And you hear all the vaunted stories about 
how Bill Belichick is, you know, how he gives these young first-year quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, these first-year starters, all these nightmares. Well, Sam Howell looked that shit in the face today and fucking laughed. He fucking laughed at the face of Bill Belichick's defense today. I read off the stat line. And like I told you, is this the franchise? In the DMV, we used to call it Stevie, Steve Francis the franchise. Well, I think that might be the new nickname for Slinkin' Sammy Hop. QB1. Is this guy a long-term answer? Let me know what you think in the comments. Because I'm starting to feel that way. You know, over here, Bleeding BNG, we haven't been skeptical to say the least, but we haven't been quick to crown Sam, you know, the the, the, the chosen one. Um, because, you know, the, our famous tagline is that, yeah, Sam Howell has A-minus R talent. But at times, he shows F-minus, he shows D-minus to F-plus football IQ. But we haven't seen a D-minus to F-plus football IQ in a couple weeks since the New York Giants game. But he's steadily showing off this plays other this A minus that shit A plus arm talent at this point. There were a couple throws a day and a couple plays that he made, not necessarily just throwing the ball because we're gonna touch on it. Where I was like, yeah, yeah, and you know we we've been hesitant to to crown Sam Howell the guy, but if he keep throwing on if he keeps putting on performances like this, heavy is his head the way is a crown. And I might be ready to crown number 14 to be my quarterback for the future for the next decade. Take me to the promised land. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And it's not like he hasn't shown these things before, but, you know, we've been hesitant because, you know, it seems that, you know, the guys that are, or the people that are in the Sam Howell camp, they seem to, you know, not tag the negative aspects of this offense on Sam. And some of it is on Sam. You know, Sam's eternal clock hasn't been the fastest. He doesn't seem to be the fastest processor of the foot, uh, of, of reads and things like that. And this is something that translated back all the way to North Carolina. But he seems to be shaking it out. And he seems to be getting, he, he seems to be improving week after week. And guess what? I told you week after week, I expect to take my lumps with a young quarterback. I expect to take my loves with a young quarterback. So none of this is surprising me. None of this is surprising me. But if he can show me some of the flashes that he showed me today and that he's been showing me in the last couple of weeks and shit that he's been showing me all season, I think as of right now, Sam Howell is second in the NFL in passing yards. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, you would have fucking thought that we was fucking 9-0 right now. And not four and five. If you would have told me in, at, in th three months ago, on August 5th, that Sam Howe would be the, the, the second leading passer in passing yards in week nine of the NFL season, you, uh, you would have thought that we were nine and up. So don't tell me you're not taking that. And don't tell me that you're not pleased with Sam Howe's performance throughout the year. This has got to hit nine different receivers, and this seems to be a theme, and this seems to be a trend that we've been seeing throughout the season. Now, I'm sorry for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Logan Thomas fantasy owners, but guess what? These might be, these might not, this might just be the staple of this offense. Sam plays this, Sam runs the quarterback position like a point guard. And Jonathan Vilma touched on it earlier in the game 
When you see him distributing the ball to so many different receivers, that's an indicator of him identifying the coverage early and able to – he's not predictating his read. He's not about to go to his alpha receiver in Terry McLaurin. He's not about to hit his perceived wide receiver two in Jahan Dotson with predetermined reads. He's just going where the coverage dictates it. And what does that tell you? That that boy been in the film film room. He been watching film film. Because Sam Howell, I ain't never seen you act like this before. Like I told you, I expect to take my lumps with the young quarterback. That one interception was a bad interception. But it was, it was a result of him having arm arrogance. And shit, if, he was, if I was throwing the ball around like he was doing that day, today, where did Adrian Peterson, what did he say about Patrick Holmes? When I saw him throw that ball, shit, I would have arm arrogance too. You know who else has interceptions due to arm arrogance? Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, the best. The best of the best. But if we can respond to that uh, that boneheaded interception, because it was a boneheaded interception, and it negated one of my favorite Sam Howell drives of the season. Let's not be remiss, though. That drive should have been over because De'Ami Brown should have caught that fucking touchdown pass on one of Sam's best throws of the fucking game. But it's De'Ami Brown. We told you two years ago, De'Ami Brown just be out that bitch running around. So what do you expect at this point? Two years later, and he's still out that bitch just running around. So you can't put too much in the stock of De'Ami Brown, but he did ruin another perfect throw for my quarterback, for my franchise quarterback. Look at us. Did I just call Sam out a franchise? What has gotten in us today? What has gotten into us today? Sam Howell's gotten into us. Pause. Super pause. Super fucking pause. But when you go back to the game, Sam showed some special arm talent today. Some of my favorite throws was the incompletion of De'Ami Brown. He put that ball in the money. He put that ball in the bread basket. He trying to save De'Ami Brown's job, and De'Ami Brown don't even want the job as bad as Sam Howell. Make it make fucking sense. Make it make fucking sense. What did he tweet last week that he was over this shit? Well, I'm over you, bro. I'm over you, De'Ami Brown. Not only the throw to De'Ami Brown, but the touchdown throw to Jahan Dotson. Straight pitch and catch football. Arm arrogance. The spacing between him and Terry McLaurin wasn't the greatest. But guess what? When you out throwing coverage, you can get away with some of that shit. When you got the arm talent and the, and the, and the arm strength to out throw coverage, you can get away with some of that shit. And then you got Jahan Dotson over there taking the top off the defense. You can get away with some of that. And that's what the special offenses had. And that's the offenses that you need to win games. I love the quick passing from Eric Bieniemy over the course of the last couple of games. But that quick passing is only going to take you but so far. We can't rely on this um, young quarterback. To just be dissecting these defenses drive after drive after drive, game after game. You need game-breaking plays. And that touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson was one. Another one of my favorite throws when he was standing in the pocket, facing pressure, throwing off his back foot. That fucking dime on third down to Terry McLaurin where he dragged his feet on the sideline. Great route by Terry, but that was a fucking dot. Like the end of a sentence. He got more dots than dipping. Like, what the fuck? Did y'all see some of these throws he was making today? 
And y'all wonder why I just called that boy the franchise a couple minutes ago. I ain't seen shit from that. I ain't seen shit like that for, since. I don't even want to say Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins was making some of these throws in Washington. Now, I don't, even, I don't even mean to speak with hyperbole and things like that. But Kirk Cousins wasn't slinging the pill all over the thing like this. He wasn't. Not in Washington. Not in Washington. In 2016, yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. But he had, he had fucking prime Deshaun Jackson, prime Pierre Garçon, prime Jamison Crowder, who's doing this fucking thing back over here in Washington, looking like prime Jamison Crowder again. But I'm just, I'm just super, forgive me, I'm just super excited about what I saw from my quarterback today. That's my quarterback. You know, we, we, we don't get nice things at the quarterback position over here in Washington. So I got to cherish it. I got to cherish it. And then ultimately, my favorite play from Sam Howell today was a third and 23 scramble where he was running fucking grown-ass men over. Where he's fucking running them grown-ass men over. Putting their ass on the fucking ground. Low-ass Sam Howell. Sam Howell's all of six fucking feet on a good day. With a phone book under his cleats. Over there trucking defenders looking like a motherfucking fullback. Is that Sam Howell or is it Mike Allstock? Was that Sam Howell or was it Mike Allstock? Was that Sam Howell or was it fucking Peyton Hillis? Like, what the fuck? I almost had to change my fucking pants after that play. I ain't seen that shit since. We, we damn sure ain't seen that shit with Kirk. I ain't seen that shit since Robert. Robert wasn't running grown-ass men over like that. Hey, let me move on, man. Let me move on before I have to change my pants again. The running backs, they were looking spry today. My running backs were looking super spry today. Antonio Gibson had well over 100 all-purpose yards if you count the return yards. I think he had over 40 pass, uh, receiving yards in the passing game. He had over 30 rushing yards. Brian Robinson had 63 yards and a touchdown. And he showed explosiveness on that touchdown run. The same explosiveness that he showed when he outran Darius Slay last week. I ain't seen this explo I ain't seen this type of explosiveness from Brian Robinson in his life. Not before the shooting last year. Not at Alabama. Maybe leaning out, which we pointed out over here, bleeding B and G in May. Maybe leaning out has really helped that aspect of his game. Because he's been running away from defenders lately, and it's beautiful to see. And he's going to need these big runs to help balance out these, these averages because he has a lot of one- and two-yard runs mixed in that motherfucker. Because guess what? He had, what, 63 rushing yards, 18 carries. That was a 3.5-yard uh, per carry ratio. And he had, what, 18, 18 yards on that one touchdown run. So he's going to need to break a couple of these big runs to look good on paper. But I'm glad that he's showing that explosiveness. I love the running back duo today. Let me touch down Antonio Gibson today. Because I told I mentioned it. Antonio Gibson might have been up on the trade block. I think that this has Antonio Gibson's last year in Washington. But I mean, I love the talent that Antonio Gibson has, right? I mean, he's he he makes some plays that only Antonio Gibson can make. We were utilizing him in the screen game. He broke the game open with a 40-yard kick return to start the motherfucking game. Too bad we couldn't make take advantage of that great field position. But Antonio Gibson is a, is, is a modern-day football player. This is a guy that you want to get the ball to in space. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I know. I said he's been he looked washed. He looks a little lost in his offense. 
But I'll be remiss because this is something that they do in the NFL. The Washington Commanders might be playing themselves within or might be playing Antonio Gibson well within their price range, looking to potentially resign him. And it sounds crazy enough, but I think they really like what they have in this backfield between those two and Chris Rodriguez Jr. But this is a this is an idea that sprang in my head when you know Antonio Gibson didn't necessarily get traded at the trade deadline. Is that my, Washington might be looking to potentially resign Antonio Gibson? They might be limiting his touches, limiting his snaps to potentially you know restrict that price tag. And I'm not saying it's fair, and it's not super and it's super unfair to Antonio Gibson. But we'll be naive and remiss to not mention that this happens in the NFL all the time. They might be playing themselves with AG so that, you know, his counting stats don't look too crazy at the end of the year. So he can't demand too high of a contract. He'll look fucking nuts if he demands too high of a contract. And they might be, you know, putting the fielders out there and, you know, willing to match a, con a moderate contract to keep Antonio Gibson on his roster. I wouldn't put it past this, this front office. This coaching staff. And I think that this is something that can come into play. Especially when you see some of the things that Antonio Gibson did today. You wonder why he doesn't get the ball more. Especially in the passing game. And a lot of it was Sam Howell was hitting not only the screen pass. But he hit Antonio Gibson as the check down on a couple of plays today. And this was the first couple of weeks that he's been looking for his check down. Uh, this, this week and this past week in Philly were the first times I've ever seen him look for a fucking check down all season. But these are the lumps that I was talking about taking with our young quarterback, and I'm glad that he's showing improvement and building on these things. Because when you hit an Antonio Gibson in the checkdowns, you're able to unlock a whole new aspect of your offense. He's a chain mover. That's why J.D. McKissick was so essential to the offense in 2020. Chain movers are essential to offense, especially when you want to go quick passing game, which I think is best and most beneficial to this offense. You need guys that you can rely on moving the chains. And Antonio Gibson was one of those guys today. And hopefully he can continue to be that guy. Now, Brian, Brian Robinson did have a fumble today. I think this is his second fumble on the year. But that was a hell of a play by the Patriots defender. That was a hell of a punch out by the Patriots defender. And guess what? They get paid over there too. And I know that you think that we over here, over here at Bleeding B&G, all we do is criticize, criticize. What they say, all you do is criticize, criticize, criticize. I know you just think that's all we do. But, I mean, no. Nah. We, we, we'll big up NFL players where NFL players deserve to make a play. I just want my team to have the best side of the players on the NFL game. Like, so, I mean, those guys get paid, too. That was a hell of a punch out. That's something that I would like to see our defenders do, uh, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, uh, the pass catchers, they, they were solid. They didn't go too crazy. Terry McLaurin had five for 73. Jahan Dotson had four for 69. And the touchdown that we had previous, previously mentioned, Byron Pringle stepped up big time, had over 50 yards on three receptions. One of my favorite plays was Sam showing that athletic arm against again, rolling all the way out to his right, damn near all the way out to the sideline, throwing the ball all the way back to his left. Where nobody was, and Byron Pringle was just there to catch the ball and make something out of nothing. I was like, well, that's one way to beat the fucking blitz, Sam. Now, I don't want you to make a habit of it, but that's one way to beat the blitz. And Byron Pringle stepped up when his number was called. Curtis Samuel wasn't out there today. Um, but with these pass catchers, um, Sam Howell threw uh, to nine of them. And like I said, Terry McClure, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, 
fantasy managers might not love our offense and might not love what it is. But I will say this: our wide receivers aren't making the most of their catch, uh, aren't making the most of their targets. They were solid today, but there were hella 50-50 balls missed. I mentioned the one that Deami uh, Brown missed in the uh, end zone. Jahan Dotson missed one on in the first drive where we couldn't take advantage of the beautiful field position that Antonio Gibson gave us. Jahan Dotson been alligator arm and shit all, all season. Now he had a hell of a game, so I don't want you to think that I'm harping on him, but it is what it is. He alligator that he alligator armed that target on the first possession. That wasn't necessarily a drop, I don't know. And so Sam could have put it on him better, but guess what? This was your 16th pick. This is your first overall pick, and I'm not going to harp on it because he didn't have a bad game. But I'm sorry for wanting more out of my first-round receivers. I'm sorry for wanting these guys to live up to their pedigree. Even Terry McLaurin had a 50-50 ball that he couldn't, he couldn't come down with today. Terry McLaurin was bagging every fucking body left and right last year with Taylor Heineke. I need you to make some of these plays for my franchise quarterback. I need you to make these numbers look good. Fuck Taylor Heineke numbers. I don't give a damn. He was a journeyman no matter how fuck... Taylor Heineke could have threw for fucking 500 yards. We knew he wasn't the fucking answer at quarterback. So I need my pass catchers to make Sam Howell's numbers look amazing. I need them to come down with some of these 50-50 balls. But that's not to say that they played horrible today because they didn't. The offensive line was solid. Tyler Larson is fucking heaven sent. I think the stat is he, the commanders are 7-2-1. In his run last year, and since he's gotten to start in the last two games this year, Tyler Larson is fucking heaven sent. And it's not that he does anything spectacular, but you know how important it is to have a center that can identify fucking calls, especially with a young quarterback? Have you guys noticed how vocal Sam has been at the line of scrimmage these last couple of games? And that's because he has a center that's identifying the checks and uh, checking protections and checking slides for him. So he's able to keep his eyes downfield and identify these coverages, going back to the distribution of the passes to such and such wide receivers. Where you're able to keep your eyes downfield because you have had faith in your center and making all of these coverages and making all of these calls, you're able to keep your eyes downfield, identify these coverages, and locate the receiver. And hit the, hit the, hit the receiver where, they, where the coverage dictates it. And play within structure of the offense. That's NFL football, guys. That's something that Nick Gates wasn't doing. And why are we surprised? Nick Gates was a, was a fucking... He excelled at fucking guard in New York. Everybody in New York, when we signed Nick Gates, told you he was a better guard. We were just too naive to not fucking believe him. I love Nick Gates at the beginning of the season. I love his wide receiver swag. But this nigga couldn't fucking identify a fucking blitz to save his fucking life. And you can't have that at the center position in the NFL. You just simply can't have it. That's one of the few reasons that Tyler Larson is having sent. And I think the offensive line is starting to show continuity. I told you that Sam took three sacks today. I think that I know one for sure was on Charles Leno. I got to go back and see if the other two were on Sam. Because you know it has a propensity to be. Just, it just it is what it is with Sam Howell. Over the course of the season, but you got to—I got to go back and see who are those other two sacks were um, were on. But I thought that Chris Paul was solid. Chris Paul is fucking immovable in pass protection. Now I'm starting to see he's not the best in space. He has a hard time dealing with some stunts and things like that. 
But in fucking past, bro, when he just got the a man or a man, mano y mano, he's a fucking brick ass. He's a brick wall. He's a fucking brick wall. And it's crazy to see that, you know, Ron Rivera, the GM, the head coach, he saw these offensive linemen all see all training camp. I told y'all in August, go back and watch the tape. I told y'all that Chris Paul needs to win this left guard job. Now, I knew that Tyler Larson wasn't going to beat out Nick Gates simply because of economics. Nick Gates signed a pretty hefty free agent deal. Tyler Larson was coming back from an injury. But why did it take this fucking long to figure out that this was the offensive line unit to get it done? Because guess what? With this offensive line, you have, you've unlocked a whole nother portion of your offense when you give Sam Howell time. Sam Howell is a special quarterback when he has time. Now, does he do some bonehead shit? Absolutely. But that's to be expected with a 22, 23-year-old quarterback. But some of the throws that I've seen him make when he has fucking time, it's simply remarkable to say the least. And some things that I haven't seen in a Washington uniform in years. So going on to the defense. The defense played okay today. The defense needs to thank the big man upstairs. They need to thank whoever they pray to that they were facing fucking Mac Jones today. And Mac Jones is some fucking shit. Mac Jones fucking sucks. It feels good to go in a couple of these games and know that we have the advantage at quarterback. Because in my lifetime, we can't, we have, I haven't had the capability of saying that in too many games. Especially against these young quarterbacks. Mac Jones was a first round pick in his third year. So he still has the tag of a young quarterback. And Sam Howell thoroughly outplayed him today. The defense needs to be thanking the big man upstairs that they had to play fucking Mac Jones today. Because they let a couple of guys get loose and Mac Jones just simply missed them because he's fucking ass. Mac Jones is not that guy, pal. Nah. Matthew McCorkle Jones is not that guy. And he's going to be playing. He's, he's going to be fighting for a starting job going into the next season. Because he, he hasn't shown me anything this season. And then he be throwing all these little bitch fits on the sideline like he really him. Like he over there elevating the offense and everybody selling him short. Nah. And you saw it from the jump. On fourth down, the Patriots are driving. This is an offense that hasn't had an opening drive touchdown all season, but they're driving on Washington. They they, they they bold enough to go for it. That shows you nobody fears our defense. They're bold enough to go for it on fourth and three. Twycon Thornton is running wide fucking open, and Mac Jones just misses him. So am I to praise the defense, or am I just here to acknowledge that Mac Jones is some fucking shit? I think I'll choose the latter. Speaking of the defense, though, Emmanuel Forbes had a solid game today. Emmanuel Forbes had a solid game today. And Tyquan Thornton is the type of guy that you match him up against to get his confidence back. Because Tyquan Thornton's routes are fucking dirt. Those routes are fucking shit. He rounding off routes at the top. My grandmother could have checked fucking Tyquan Thornton today. Or any fucking week if he running with routes like that. Patriots fan, is Tyquan Thornton literally, like, is he the worst route runner in the NFL? And I'm glad that Emmanuel Forbes showed that today. And I'm not here to give him all praise. I'm not saying, oh, man. Oh, man. we He's first-round draft pick. Shut down quarter. Draft pick justified. Nah. Nah. 
He faced the Walmart brand, the great value brand receivers today. I'm faster than Juju Smith-Schuster at this point in his career. I run routes better than Tyquan Thornton. But I'm glad that, you know, they put him out there. They put him to start because this is exactly the type of receiver course that you put him out there against to get his confidence back because them niggas fucking suck. Bill, what the fuck y'all got going up there in New England? Jamin Davis had a rough day today. They were picking on him in a uh, pass game. And then he got exploded. He got exploited on a big run by Ramondre uh, Stevenson for the big touchdown on the long game. He took fucking forever to fill. Taking a page out of Cody Barton's book. And you know us over here as you know vice president of the Jamin Davis fan club making us fucking look bad, Jamin. But he did bounce back and make a play, breaking up the well route on fourth down in the fourth quarter, on third down in the fourth quarter. Now I will mention that. Mac Jones did underthrow that wheel route because he's fucking shit. But hey, Jamin Davis still made the play, right? You can only you can only you can only do what is asked of you, right? <laughs> you can only do what is asked of you. Quad Martin played had a decent game. He called ball game. And quite the antithesis of last week. Vice versa from last week, where if you go check out our reaction video, I talked about how. A.J. Brown slutted both Emmanuel Forbes and um, Quan Martin out. He was just running the train over on our 2023 draft class. Our 2023 draft class stepped up today. I mentioned Emmanuel Forbes had a solid game. Quan Martin had an interception on a difficult um, batted pass. A lot of DBs aren't making that catch. Chris Rodriguez had a big tackle on special teams. R.J. Jones had a batted pass. The draft class showed up today. And you see what happens when you get just marginal impact from your draft class, from your young guys on these cheap contracts. You see the type of impact that it has on winning. And then KJ Henry, our fifth round draft pick, would have had what would have been his first career sack. Not only that, it was a strip sack. But the NFL fucking screwed him because the NFL is fucking dog shit. Because referees across the league are fucking dog shit in 2023. Who the fuck are going to hold them accountable? Hey, NFL, I thought that y'all were going to stop fucking us once they started sold the fucking team, bro. And I'm usually not a blame the refs guy, but how can you not be when you've been a fan of the Washington Redskins football team, Washington Commanders? Y'all been hoeing us for years, bro. Y'all been fucking us over for years. And this is not hyperbole. That was potentially the worst fucking rougher in the passer call I've seen in my 28 years of life, bro. You robbed that young man of that moment. His first career sack. Not only that, a strip sack at that. The refs were fucking putrid today. You missed the offensive pass interference, robbing Emmanuel Forbes of his second interception of his career. They missed a couple of pass interferences in the first half on the Patriots. You would have thought that Tom Brady was still on the fucking Patriots the way that the, uh, Russ was trying to keep them niggas in the fucking game today. There was a deep shot. I think it was even in the first or second quarter. I know it was in the first half for sure. Where Jahan Dotson had to reach out for one hand. Why the fuck do you think he was reaching out for one hand? Because the DB was grabbing his fucking other one. 
right in front of the ref. And he just Ray Charles to the bullshit. Dude's tugging on fucking Logan Thomas jersey. Clears day on third down in the back of the fucking end zone. That's a pass interference in the fucking end zone. You know where that gets you? To the one-yard line. You know what's happening after that with fucking Brian Robinson? We're scoring. Y'all got to be better. Y'all got to be better. Because that's the type of shit that has impacts on wins and losses. And we need every win we can get. Because as I sat throughout this game, it was a rather uneventful game. But this team that played today was good enough to beat the fucking New York Giants. This team that played today was good enough to beat the Chicago Bears. And we let them two games slip through our fucking cracks. Slip through the fucking cracks. But positive vibes. It's a victory Monday. So a Washington win on a Sunday always sets the mood for a great week. On our on the way, on the road to Seattle next week. Is this the start of the Mickey Mouse win streak? You know we good for one three-game win streak in fucking November. Is this the start of it? Do we go out to Seattle, win that one, and then come back and face the New York Giants on November 19th? I think that's a blackout as well. It helps to potentially, what, winning three in a row and going, what, six, seven, and five at that point? Six and five at that point? And you right in the thick of the playoffs at that point. That sounds like the Ron Rivera era in a nutshell. Are y'all ready for that again this season? I, I'm not. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Just promise me that you don't give me the same letdown that you give me in December that you've been giving me the last two years with this Mickey Mouse uh, win streak. Like, if we go on Mickey Mouse it, let's Mickey Mouse it all the way. Let's get into the playoffs at what? 8-8-1. Eight, eight straight, straight New York Giants 2007. Let's get in there, what? 9-8. and eight. If you're going to do it. Or let's just go undefeated and get in there at 12 and 5. I'll give it, I'll take it any which way I can get it. But that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. As I mentioned before, for our 1,000 subscriber go, um, giveaway, we're going to be sending one of you lucky guys to um, a commander's game on our dime, on our behalf. But this is what you have to do. So it's hard to do a, ran a random generator. You know, I'm trying to be as fair as possible over here at Bleeding BNG. I don't want y'all over here saying, oh, Jalen over here, he got favorites. He picked one of his favorites. So I'm trying to be as fair as possible. So this is what we're going to do. Now that we're a part of the YouTube Payment Partner pro uh, Program, we have these things called memberships, guys. And this is what I need you to do. The I need you to sign up for our membership. Or if you want to, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to do anything. Let me rephrase that. If you want to potentially go to the Washington Commander game on our behalf, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go over there. I need you to sign up for our membership. It's only $5. And we're going to take our first 10 members that sign up for the membership. We're going to put them in a random generator. And we're going to pick one of those first 10 members to go to the Washington Commanders game. So that's how we're going to do it. So let me rephrase that. Let me go over those directions again. We have something called YouTube Memberships. Go be a part of the Bleeding BNG Mafia. You get exclusive perks like tickets to a Commanders game, like exclusive access, exclusive uh, content 
from the channel. So this is what we're going to do. If you want to go ahead and be that 1,000 subscriber giveaway winner, I need you to sign up for the memberships. Our first 10 members, our first 10 subscribers to uh, subscribe or sign up for the membership, they're going to be put into a generator. And then one of those 10, um, one of those lucky 10 people are going to have the chance to attend a Washington Commander game on our behalf. Um, as always, if you're checking us out on audio-only platforms such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a rating, leave a review. That's how we finesse these algorithms so that when you're searching anything Bleeding BNG um, or anything Washington Commanders, Bleeding BNG is your number one content hub. As always, if you're not following us on social media, follow our X. Our X is at Bleeding BNG. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N. BNG. So there's only one G in our X handle. And then our Instagram is at bleeding BNG. That's B L E E D I N G BNG. So we spell bleed in a normal way, the more proper way over there on Instagram with two G. So go ahead and check out our social media pages. Go ahead and follow us. Go ahead and sign up for the memberships. Be a part of our bleeding BNG family. Go ahead and check the page. Our reaction video dropping tomorrow. Our reaction video is going stupid over there on YouTube. You know we get the most raw, uncut, and unfiltered analysis. Y'all love the reaction video. So come back, check the channel tomorrow for the reaction video to the game. And I'll check in on y'all later.